When humans or really any mammals are faced with something terrifying or unpleasant or unconscionable, we have what's called a flight or fight response. You're probably familiar with this. You probably had it yourself. We're not probably like other mammals in danger of our lives from predators very often, but we have fight or flight responses in different circumstances. When something in our life is very intense, such as a difficult conversation, an argument, a hateful word, the suffering of a loved one, a triggering memory, these things may force some of us to respond with harshness and flexing, and it may cause others to run away. <laughs> if you've ever felt like this, it almost feels like nature is taking over your body, something beyond you is taking control. And this was the response of many of those that were with Jesus on that first Good Friday. Some wielded swords and cut off ears, and some started to run away. Peter, even after trying to cut an ear off of a guy, still ran away. So he did both fight and flight, <laughs> and then denied Christ three times. And then upon realizing it, was flooded with grief. It's very, very natural for us to beat back these feelings of stress, to run away from them or try to fight them. It's in our biology. But there was a third way that some of those who were close to Jesus dealt with his death that night. And it wasn't running, and it wasn't fighting. It was simply to stay. This was how the female disciples responded to this trauma. The Gospel of Mark says there was many women who had come with him. And, and they, the Gospel of Mark says that they stayed farther away, but other Gospel accounts um, claim that they were so close that they could talk to the dying Jesus. They were in that moment with him. The welcoming prayer that is accompanying us through our Lenten journey would lend itself to this approach of being with Jesus as he died. Instead of trying to escape, stay Instead of trying to fight, stay. Be in the moment, no matter what occurs. I'm not sure if any of you have had the experience of being in the room when a loved one dies, but it's a strange and intimate and sometimes really beautiful moment. As a pastor and chaplain, I have been in the room when people have died when the, when the family knows that that person is going to die, and I've been in emergency rooms where they were just eating lunch at Red Lobster and ended up in the emergency room with their dad dying and had nothing, had no idea it was going to happen. There's just surprise and shock. I've been in both circumstances. And in both sets of circumstances, something incredible happens. People get real, real, real quick. Everything else is shedded away. Their inhibitions and, and any kind of thought about what's happening next, and they allow their love to flow freely in that moment. They focus on their loved one who is experiencing this inevitable passage of human ex ex experience, death, and they're, and they're not worried about anything but being right there, right then. They stay. Being there is intense, it's hard, uh, but I've never heard a loved one say they regret it. I always hear the opposite. I'm so glad I was here. I'm so glad I was able to tell them that I love them. I'm so glad I was able to say goodbye. Those women 
and some of the Gospels say that John was there too, chose that third way. They did not run, they did not fight, but they stayed. And they must have given Jesus such immense comfort. We know from this end that Jesus rose the third day and he did not stay in the grave, but that does not mean that his death was any less scary or less painful. Think about the ways that he said, God, please, if it's possible, please let this pass for me. Why have you forsaken me? He bled out. It was awful for him. To have that steady flow of love coming toward him had to have eased that suffering. And there must have been countless things that didn't make it into the biblical canon. Countless words of encouragement from those women who loved him. Stories of better times. Words of assurance. Reminders of who he belonged to. Today is Good Friday. <laughs> it's the day where we remember these moments. We remember these moments of these women staying, and we remember these moments of, of Jesus dying, and we also remember how he was publicly executed after being betrayed and had an unfair arrest and a junk trial, killed by the religious institution for power, for control, for fear. We know that it was inevitable for Jesus to die because he would never dial back his love. He would never dial back his ministry. He would never dial back the truth. And all of this created that first nightmare of Good Friday, a nightmare that so many of his closest followers ran from. I think that if we were honest tonight, we would know that we often do the same. When faced with pain and injustice, and if we were there that night, we would probably have done the same. We're even tempted to do it now, thousands of years later. We want to skip to the Cadbury mini eggs and the peeps. Notice that I did not say Cadbury cream eggs because those are gross. We endure Good Friday while quietly planning Easter brunch. Or we run away altogether, ignoring it. But what if, what if this year we stayed? What if we stayed until the end? What if we felt the tear in our hearts like the cloth ripped in two of the Holy of Holies? What if we felt the gut-wrenching cries of Jesus' mother as her child bled out? What if we imagined standing there with the others and saying one last goodbye? What if we stayed in our discomfort, in our fear, in our grief, and in our confusion, and asked it what it will teach us? What new space can it open in our hearts and minds? and what healing and perspective it can bring. How would it affect our experience of Jesus? How would it affect our experience of Easter? How would it guide our lives as Christians and as children of God, as part of the human family, to stay? Could we then perhaps learn to rise above those old habits of fighting or running could we use this courage that we have found at the foot of the cross and stay and be curious and loving about our own rage, about our own hurt, our own fear, and maybe start moving toward resurrection? Could we say goodbye to what needs to go and allow that space to be occupied by hope and by grace? Could we entrust what we cannot control to God and be free? This is my 43rd Good Friday. 
and I hope that I have at least that many in front of me. And I trust that each one will bring me what I need. And I pray that same thing for you. That tonight, that this Good Friday, will bring you exactly what you need. That tonight you have the courage and faith not to run away, so that God can gift your heart with the endurance and the hope of the resurrection. I pray that you will feel troubled by the things that you have been avoiding, so that you can finally let them go. So I pray that you'll trust the one who went all the way to the grave to show you that you belong. Why don't tonight you stay? Amen. 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 Amen.